Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor Program. Today we are continuing our new series on the Beatitudes, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and uh, we come to uh, the second Beatitude today. Uh, Last week we talked about, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit eternal life, and uh, today we're going to talk about blessed are those who mourn. I think we should uh, go back and review uh, today as we get into this again, the concept of blessing or blessed. What does Jesus mean when he talks about blessed? Uh, And last week we went through a rather lengthy explanation based on my favorite commentator, uh, William Barclay, who, you know, does a fantastic job of going back uh, not just to the original Greek and Hebrew, but also to the original language in which Jesus taught, which was Aramaic. And um, he was saying that the word blessed has to do really in Aramaic and certainly also the Greek word that is used uh, in uh, the writing here of Matthew is uh, happy is he or joyous is he. There's something about the blessedness here which means that we experience joy. So when Jesus says blessed is he or she, he's really talking about the fact that if we experience these things, there will be a certain joy and happiness that comes with that. Which will be especially interesting today because it will apply itself to happy is he who mourns. Yeah, that's right. That I'm, is right. I'm, uh, I'm eager to hear your, uh, your explanation because last week it was kind of eye-opening, uh, the, the way that you shared those origins of the Greek uh, and what it was really saying to us. I, I think that it gave a deeper and more meaningful uh, understanding of that beatitude. Yeah, that's hopefully the case. Mm-hmm. And uh, today is, is a tough one uh, when you think about morning. And uh, uh, again, uh, Dr. Barkley, when I was reading him in preparation for the show uh, today, uh, divides the possibilities here that the, uh, the uh, Greek and, and uh, before that Aramaic word for morning uh, can refer to. Uh, he, he says there are three different kinds of grieving or mourning that, is, that can be talked about here. The first one, he says, is the kind of mourning that we would all know in terms of uh, the loss of uh, uh, a loved one. Uh, In fact, he said the same Greek word is used in the uh, Old Testament version of, or the the Greek uh, version of the Old Testament uh, that was used in the early church uh, to describe Jacob's grief when he thought that his son Joseph had been killed. So uh, that was a profound mourning. So that's the word that's being used here that this kind of grieving or mourning can refer to, you know, the loss of some very significant person in your life. Mm-hmm. Let me just go over all three of them, and then we can kind of go back to them. The second one is rather interesting. He, he said that the word can also be used to apply to a sadness we might have for the, uh, the condition of the world, bad things happening out there, in the world, tragedies of all kinds, disasters, you know, the plight of various groups of people that we experience a sadness about. And uh, the third thing, and then we can come back to all of this, 
is uh, a sadness that we have at our own human condition of sin. Uh, he said it's the feeling of uh, sadness that, that leads to uh, repentance, but it's a sadness at our own shame. It's a sadness at our own Weakness. weaknesses that we have, uh, our inability at times to uh, be the person that we want to be, and it's a, it's a general level of sadness about that. Well, it's interesting for you to outline for us the three distinctively different uh, forms of sadness there. And I was struck by the, the second explanation because it seems to be a perfect fit for the majority of the men that we deal with here. Well, that's right. You know, mm-hmm. they're looking at the, the, the tsunami that is overcoming our uh, culture with uh, pornography and sexual sin. And mm-hmm. there's a real sadness that we all, um, I think, have identified in realizing the depths of that uh, situation. Yeah, I, I do think that uh, there's obvious parallels here to recovery. Uh, we were talking at lunch today about a new couple that's come to see us, and uh, like so many others who have come to see us, uh, because of his sexual acting out, this man has uh, lost his uh, job, uh, been been fired from, I guess, a fairly very high position, and I guess lots of money. And uh, so, I mean, there's a brokenness and a sadness, hopefully, I say hopefully, that will overtake this guy, because... Uh, Evidently, historically, this guy has been on the the rather arrogant side of things, and uh, that arrogance is going to produce no level of recovery because he doesn't think he needs any help. If, on the other hand, uh, his sense of loss or this dramatic loss that he's experienced brings him to his knees, uh, I think that's what Jesus is referring to here. In the third way that you know we can be talking about mourning here, that. Uh, there's a sadness about my own human condition, about my own level of sin, my own, my own brokenness. And blessed is that guy because uh, that guy can, in fact, now engage in the healing journey, reach out for help, and uh, strangely enough, be comforted because you know we're going to try to introduce him to the community of other men who have gone through similar things, and uh, that's one of the ways that comfort will be provided to him. Well, and at first hearing about that individual, I'm struck by the fact that his arrogance leads to um, denial or or or, yeah. uh, or a tendency to not take responsibility right. for himself being the problem. Yeah, that's right. And it obviously, that denial led to the acting out, uh, which was discovered and uh, was egregious and... Uh, did lead him to be fired from his job. So mm-hmm. we've always said around here that consequences are not necessarily a bad thing because they do bring us to this sense of mourning, really, about you know what has been the ravages of our own sinfulness. And that's a place that I think God needs to bring us to so that we can learn how to depend more deeply on him, not ourselves. Well, you have spoken about that before, uh, tearing us yeah. down to the, to the lowest level mm-hmm. so so that we can be built back up. That's right. That's right. Let's go back over all three of these things sure. and uh, see if we can dissect this a l- even a little bit more. I guess one of the things I would ask the, uh, the listeners to think about in terms of number one, blessed uh, is he that mourns over maybe you know, some specific loss that they've experienced of a, of a loved one. 
how many of us have gone through that, whether it's a parent or uh, a sibling? Uh, I know both Debbie and I have lost siblings. Uh, I've lost both of my parents. I'm just asking the listeners to think about the sadness that they felt at times when they've lost significant people in their life. I think the the deeper thought here is, what does the sadness uh, teach us? Uh, one of the things that was pointed out in the commentary that I was reading is that if all we ever experience is sunshine, he said uh, this is kind of an Aramaic thought, some Aramaic saying that he was familiar with. If all that ever happens is the sun shining, it produces a desert. But if there is no rain or storms, you know, there is no uh, new growth, there is no freshness. We're certainly experiencing that here in Minnesota at the moment. Uh, we're having some sunshine, but we're having a lot of days of rain. And it seems to me it is producing a lot of uh, wonderful things uh, in terms of flowers and growth and green grass. Uh, and you could look at this and say that uh, the tears that we shed over loss is like the rain. It is uh, producing new growth. And uh, the commentator included in his commentary this poem. I thought I'd read it, and then we could sure. maybe take our break. We'll, we'll do that. You read this poem for our listeners, and when you uh, finish that, we'll take our brief break and come back with points two and three. Yeah, and this, by the way, this is uh, old and, you know, maybe it's kind of an old-style poem. But anyway, I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way, but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow, and never a word said she. But oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. So I wonder what it is that... God would have us learn when we go through times of great loss or great sorrow, of something specific. I've listened to quite a few sermons from somebody named Paul Tripp, who's a pastor and a speaker, mm-hmm. and he uh, pretty much talks about the fact that all sorrow and all sadness is supposed to remind us that we aren't God and that we need God. So it's supposed to point us back to him. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily inflict us with all these things just so we can be reminded of his sovereignty, but that's kind of the... The whole point of it is to remind us that we need God a lot. That is right. That is true. So, Well, with that point, let's take our break. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. In a castle dark or a fortress strong with chains upon my feet. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. I walk away 
Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week uh, was, in fact, talked about last night in our Tuesday night men's group. And uh, one of the guys was facing a situation at a a party. It was a Christian party. It was actually a denominational gathering of uh, leaders in this particular denomination for some kind of a retreat, despite the fact that there were singles and married people there. Somebody suggested that they play the old, old game, which evidently is making a comeback, uh, as I understand it, called Twister. Are you familiar with Twister? Really? I'm, I'm well aware of Twister, and it's uh, brightly colored dots, and the gyrations, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, twisting, and turning, and uh, yeah, that could be a, a very triggering game. Well, that's the point. <laughs> I remember it from high school, and uh, uh, so that goes back to the 60s when maybe it first came out, but it was one of those games that... Uh, Adolescents and teenagers like to play co-ed because uh, it did involve a lot of gyrations and, uh, uh, shall we say, a lot of touching. So uh, that's something that uh, he was kind of surprised that at this uh, denominational gathering. And he, uh, one of the guys was talking about the fact that he wound up playing the game kind of opposite uh, or in close proximity to not his wife but some other wife, and it forced him into some contact, which, you know, really... Uh, crossed a boundary that he would otherwise have tried to maintain. And, of course, the the, the feedback of the group was uh, perhaps he should not engage in the game in the first place. But, you know, it's uh, just an awareness that there are games out there that we get drawn into at some of these parties, and some of them uh, can be triggering. Well, when you started to introduce this trigger, my mind started to catch on to your phrases like, this is an old-time game, this is a clay. And I thought, oh, please don't tell me you're going to talk about spin the bottle. Uh, no. That could have been more, you know. That is old. But yeah, that is, that, uh, that's old, but uh, e- probably equally uh, as dangerous. Anyway, enough of Twister for okay. the moment. That's All right, well, let's twist our way back into uh, today's show in which we're talking about uh, the second beatitude. Right, and so far we've talked about... Uh, Sorrow that we feel, the mourning that we have, uh, the loss of uh, a significant loved one. I think we can also talk about the fact that we have sorrow when we lose various abilities. You know, we uh, a lot of us around here are aging, and due to orthopedic and other uh, health issues, we're l- losing the ability to s- uh, do certain things. Uh, this summer, because of my uh, ongoing uh, fight with... Uh, multiple myeloma, I am uh, not able to play golf and uh, because of some back issues that I'm having, and that is a loss. And uh, I do think that uh, Aaron is right. Uh, when we experience loss, it is basically teaching us to be comforted by the fact that uh, we have a God that does care for us and uh, doesn't care whether we have a good or bad back, a good or bad hip, uh, uh, whatever state of health that we're in, uh, he is there uh, to comfort us. And he has a plan. He has a plan, you know, and a plan to use the the pain and the sorrow to teach us some things that may, in fact, be useful. In fact, you know, it's probably the case that even uh, somewhat the ability to talk about this particular beatitude today is informed by the fact that, uh, you know, some of us are going through some uh, difficult times. And because of that, and because you and I personally are, you're referencing you and me, because um, you know you have your condition that you're uh, that you have taken on um, head on and making uh, wonderful progress. Yet at the same time, it has its uh, its 
many drawbacks. Uh, I'm now scheduled for a left hip replacement uh, in September, and that has put me in a position where I am reminded at how fragile we are and right. how mm-hmm. we are not in control. I'm not going to overcome this on my own. And actually, uh, knowing that God has a plan, it makes me look forward to that surgery uh, with great uh, enthusiasm and hope because I, my belief tells me that God has a great plan mm-hmm. uh, for a successful operation and, and, and a return to, to good health. Yeah, that's right. So the second thing that uh, we can be sorrowful or mourning about is uh, the condition of the world. Uh, I was thinking about that this morning, and uh, you know, if you turn on the national news, uh, there is just so much stuff around the world that can cause us uh, a great deal of sadness. Uh, thinking about all of our friends uh, today down in Houston that are experiencing flooding. Uh, there seems to have been uh, a tremendous amount of rain down there. I was joking with one of my friends the other day down there. I said, uh, are you building an ark? I mean, it, it would seem like uh, the rain just will not let up. And uh, a lot of people losing their homes. I was paying attention to the fact over the weekend that uh, over the Memorial Day weekend, Something like uh, 68 people uh, were shot in the city of Chicago. We could go on with a long list of tragedies. You don't have to look very far you to find tragedy. You don't have to look very far, yeah. Blessed are they that are aware of the condition of the world, uh, the sadnesses that are out there, because I think uh, one of the ways to look at this is that uh, in, when we have that level of mourning, uh, perhaps we are being called at whatever level of talent and ability we have, you know, to be of service and to be comforters. So this particular commandment or saying or teaching of Jesus is that, you know, we are to be aware of our sadness about things in the world, and and we are called, you know, through ministry to uh, where we can and where we have the opportunity, you know, to be of service to those who are going through you know, incredibly hard times. And Mark, wouldn't you say that so often our personal sadness is, it also goes hand in hand with what leads to our healing? Well, say some more about that, Randy. Well, I'm just saying that sometimes uh, when we are experiencing the loss uh, of someone close to us, it opens our eyes to maybe some other issues that we weren't confronting. Uh, it might be if the, the loss of a sibling or the loss of a friend or the loss of a parent, and maybe there were some unresolved issues that you had with that person mm-hmm. that, uh, that as you're experiencing your sadness, sometimes your sadness is jump-started by your, by your admitting that there were issues that you should have addressed with them and resolved with them. Mm-hmm. And by experiencing the sadness involved, um, God lets us process um, how we were feeling about that person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so some, sometimes there can be real positive after effects um, that come with experiencing the sadness uh, over a loss. Well, you may, you may be saying, I'm not sure, that it could lead us to look at any current relationships and say that we may have lost some people that were close to us and we recognize that there were some uh, unresolved issues between us and uh, that might force us to take a look at any of our current relationships and say before such time as uh, we might lose that or that maybe we should take more seriously the healing and repair of uh, 
any current relationships in our life. I always like when you say something better than I was trying to say it in the first place. <laughs> that, that, that's, uh, I think that's very close to what I was trying to get at because it is. It's like a wake-up call to not let that same uh, thing happen again. Well, uh, let's move on to number three because I think that's kind of at the heart of it too. It's uh, that sense of uh, mourning that we have over our own human condition. It's Last week we were talking about you know, blessed is he that has, you know, a poor spirit, kind of that sense of uh, helplessness, unmanageability, powerlessness. And uh, there's some similarity here in that uh, there's times when I think we get sad over our own human frailties, our own human sinfulness, where we are kind of convicted of our own uh, natural condition of sin. And that that sadness and uh, that sense of uh, remorse and loss that we experience. Blessed is he who can use that sadness to know that it's in that place that we need to learn more deeply how to depend on God. So a lot of this is about learning to depend on God and uh, really not on ourselves. One of the things I really like about uh, Dr. Barkley is that uh, he, uh, in a way, provides his own translation of uh, scripture, and uh, he usually has a way of summarizing uh, in a very short uh, sentence or two, uh, the main points of uh, this particular verse, and in this case, this particular beatitude, blessed are those who mourn. So here it is. Oh, the bliss of the man whose heart is broken for the world's suffering and for his own sin, for out of his sorrow, he will find the joy of God. And uh, we here at Faithful and True, we believe that, uh, you know, the men who come here and are convicted of their own sin and are you know, deeply repentant about their own state of it. You know, those are the those are the men that we we can work with. Those are the men that we embrace in our community. Those those are the men that can uh, be with us in the healing journey. And and those are the men that in the community of faith around here we we all seek to uh, grow closer to God. And if you're one of those men out there who are hearing our message today and have been avoiding facing the fact that you need help, we are here for you. Uh, and it can be as simple as starting by taking a look at faithfulandtrue.com, in which you'll find lots of healing resources, lots of information. We would love to have you consider coming for the Men of Valor three-day intensive workshop. That's your best first step at launching your healing journey. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we thank Aaron Wellman, our engineer and technical uh, director for his talents today. We hope that this coming week is going to be a week in which you, uh, if you're out there and you're suffering sorrows from the loss of a loved one or a loss of, of, uh, of someone who was meaningful to your life or whether you've become acutely aware of um, all the downfalls that exist in our world today, we hope that today's message has been encouraging to you. We hope that this current week will be a week that's filled with many blessings and with great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at faithfulandtrue.com. That's faithfulandtrue.com.